Hi, and welcome to Five Minutes with Phil as part of the Timothy, My Son series. Today we're on chapter 4, verse 3, where Paul says that in later times, there are hypocritical liars who order people to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Paul gives us this second example of the kind of teachings that hypocritical liars are guilty of. Last week, it was about forbidding people to marry. This week, they're ordering people to abstain from certain foods. In our world, food choices go round and round. Not too many years ago, eggs were to be avoided at all cost, or you would get high cholesterol. Then, avoid egg yolks. Egg whites are okay. Now, they're considered a superfood, except that these days, the price has gone through the roof, who knows what's going to come next, but I guess that's going to be that eggs are neutral. You can take them or leave them if you can afford them. Something similar happened with salt a few years back. Of course, lots of foods have ethnic and cultural roots. When I was young, it was meat and potatoes every evening. It could be hamburger, pork chops, or chicken, but we didn't go far beyond that. Many Saturday nights, we'd buy fish and chips from a small takeout shop in on Hunter Street in Peterborough, where I grew up. Then I was introduced to spaghetti, pizza, and Chinese food. Later on, sushi, where yuck, raw fish became mmm, sashimi. Ethiopian injera, Georgian hajapuri, all things Mexican, more than just chili, which is probably Texan anyway, and Indian Kashmiri. I can't think of a single time along the way that anyone said, you shouldn't eat that. Mind you, there was no dog or scorpion, but I did eat a cricket caramel apple once. We just don't think of forbidden foods. Dog or horse meat may be the exception, but even that's cultural. When we look into the Old Testament, we find that there are many distinctives for the nation of Israel, and one of them was their diet. Several foods were to be excluded, including pork and rabbit, eagle and owl, catfish and sturgeon, most insects, and any shellfish or reptile. So I'm good on the eagle, oil, owl, and sturgeon, although I did catch and release one once, and reptile. Not crazy about insects, and I love lobster. And what was permissible to eat had to be prepared in specific kosher ways. Muslims have similar dietary restrictions called halal. So what happened? How come those restrictions got lifted in the New Testament? Well, one day the apostle Peter had a vision. You can read all about it in Acts chapter 10. It begins when Peter got hungry. While the meal was being prepared, he fell asleep or went into some kind of a trance and had a vision. He saw heaven opened, it says, and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. A voice says, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter's reply was, surely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. And the voice said, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Well, for Peter, that was a new thought. As so often happens, this conversation actually took place three times before Peter got it to any extent, but he still didn't really understand what it all meant. 
At that moment, while Peter was still scratching his head, a knock came to the door. There were three Gentile men waiting to see him, and Jews had no dealings with Gentiles. What to do? The Spirit said to Peter, Go with them, for I have sent them. So the next day, Peter went to visit Cornelius. It turns out that God had moved in Cornelius' heart and his mind to send for someone named Peter without knowing what it was all about. When Peter arrived, their conversation got to the point where Peter said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the ones who fear him and who do what is right. He then explained the story of the life of Jesus, from his baptism to his resurrection, and had no reason to refuse baptism when Cornelius repented. God had rewritten these dietary rules and given people freedom in Christ to enjoy all the creatures that God had given for food. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. When the first church council took place in Acts 15, the issue they needed to settle was, how Jewish do you have to be to be saved? Was circumcision a requirement? Did you have to follow the Jewish dietary laws? The conclusion was that God accepted you as you are, by grace, and only a few requirements in response to salvation, so as not to earn salvation, are mentioned. These are abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. These restrictions are repeated again in Acts 15.29 and 21.25. Abstain from sexual immorality. Check. No surprise there. But what about food polluted by idols and meat of strangled animals and blood? Food polluted by idols was a big deal for many. In many of the cities throughout Asia, where Paul's missionary journeys took him, there were temples built to honor gods with idols everywhere and lots of animals being brought to sacrifice to the gods. So much, in fact, that they couldn't burn it all, so they sold it in a market nearby. If it was meat offered to an idol, did that make it inedible for believers? Even though idols are nothing but stick men, this was one of those cases where it was more important to care for a weaker brother than to enjoy a good steak. Have a look at Romans 14, 15. What about the meat of strangled animals and blood? These two actually fit together. We've heard of the practice of hanging meat, remember the movie Rocky, to enhance its flavor called dry aging, but this is about hanging so that the blood drains out instead of pooling in the animal. For Muslims, halal, which means permissible, means that the animal is still alive when it's hung and bled. Most likely this prohibition was to encourage fellowship meals between Gentile and Jewish Christians without possibly offending the Jewish Christian. It's a way of reaching a compromise. Apparently, when Paul is writing Timothy, there were teachers going around who were stuck in the Old Testament, demanding complete adherence to Jewish dietary laws, and most likely also reflecting a salvation by works attitude, which is completely contrary to the salvation by grace modeled by the apostles. 